the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. This morning, the question of vaccine mandates is on the table. I'm joined by my old friend, Dr. Albert Moeller, who is the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and Ryan Bangert, senior counsel for the Alliance Defending Freedom. They are together in court. Uh, Dr. Moeller, welcome back. Good to have you with us. Hugh, it's always great to be with you. Thank you. I want you to set up for people the beginning, what Southern Baptist Theological Seminary is, what it does, how many people study there, and how many people you employ before we go to the mandate the federal government is attempting to foist onto you. Yeah, thank you, Hugh. We are uh, the, the largest and one of the oldest theological seminaries in the United States. Our primary task is the training of uh, ministers of the gospel. And uh, so we're training right now about 6,000 uh, ministers in training to serve in churches. That's our essential mission. It's been that way since 1859. Now, the, the Baptists are legendary in the United States because they are very suspicious of government. Is that a fair statement? Yes, it's a fair statement, because, as you know, uh, Baptists had to be some of the earliest defenders of religious liberty in this country uh, in the period before our constitutional agreement. Yeah, and so they did that. They did that with Madison. They did that with Jefferson. They did that with the Danbury Baptists. So there's a long tradition of Baptists believing in religious liberty. So what did the federal government tell you to do, Dr. Moeller, and why did you get Ryan and the ADF involved? Well, we had heard about what the Biden vaccine mandate was likely to be. The president had made the comments. Members of his administration had made comments. And uh, what was clear was that the purpose of the, uh, the, the administration was to transform employers uh, into agents of the state, basically arms of the administrative state. And in this case, when you're talking about a religious employer, you're talking about very dangerous territory. And uh, by the time the rule was finally promulgated and we saw what it was, this would indeed turn a religious institution into a coercive arm of the government. And uh, that is just a precedent that uh, that no religious institution should allow. Now, I spoke on uh, Tuesday night to the uh, Religious Employers uh, uh, Alliance about this. And I, my position on vaccines is great that they're here. I've been vaccinated. I've had a booster. I think you agree with me. All right. Vaccinations are yeah. a very good thing. And That's I'm all for people getting back. I've had three. Yeah, you and me both. We're in the same group. And God bless everyone out there who is getting a vaccination, who's checked and figured it out. But Ryan Bangert, that's different completely from telling me or Al that I've got to go and vaccinate my employees. Would you explain that to people? That's exactly right, Hugh. This lawsuit is not about the wisdom or the efficacy of vaccines as vaccines. Rather, it's a question. It poses a question. Does the federal government have the writ to do what it has done? Does it have the power under the U.S. Constitution to force employers to become the vaccine commissars for the federal government? 
and force their employees to receive vaccines that may violate their their conscientious beliefs. Uh, that's the question. It's a question of government power. And we don't believe, and I think the Constitution is clear, that it never empowered the federal government to mandate private employers, especially religious seminaries, to get involved with and, and compel their employees to receive a vaccine. No, I'm, I'm going to put aside the issue of state and local authority for a moment, Ryan. I want to stick with the federal authority, which is a government of limited and enumerated powers. And I like to point out that when they attempted to impress local law enforcement officers into gun laws, the Supreme Court rebuked them in Prince versus the United States and said, no, federal government, you don't get to make state authorities do your bidding. Isn't the same principle applicable and indeed more applicable to the private sector than it would be to the state governments? Absolutely. And in fact, we're talking about the Commerce Clause powers now, of the United States government. And the Commerce Clause gives the government the power to regulate commerce amongst the states. There's really no connection between commercial activity and forcing private religious employers to compel their employees to receive a vaccine. Uh, in fact, in the Sibelius case, the Supreme Court was very skeptical that the, that the federal government had the power to compel people to purchase health insurance. This seems like a bridge even beyond that. It is. Now, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act will come into play here as well. I am curious if before the Sixth Circuit you're arguing uh, free exercise or if you're arguing RIFRA or if you're arguing both. We're arguing both, Hugh, and I think that's very important because the Religious Freedom Restoration Act requires the government to articulate a compelling interest and narrowly tailor its solution when it's when it's you're compelling someone to violate the religious beliefs. And here, it's very clear that SBTS uh, is not it has a religious belief against compelling its employees to violate their conscience. And it would be completely inconsistent with RIFRA for the government to exercise that kind of power, especially when you look at the vaccination rates that are out right now. Almost 80 percent of adults have vaccinations. Uh, we have now therapies that are highly effective at treating COVID. Uh, so there's really no way the government can say with a straight face that this mandate is narrowly tailored to advance any kind of compelling government interest. So, Dr. Mueller, later today, I'm going to do a podcast with Andy Slavitt, who was President Obama's number two on vaccines, because he knows I agree with vaccination generally, he knows I've been a prophet for getting vaccinated. But I'm going to have to explain to him why this doesn't make any sense and why it is deeply offensive and indeed dangerous. What would you say to him? Well, the first thing I would say is that uh, when you're talking about a mandate and you are talking about an issue on which there's a, a legitimate, genuine, religious uh, difference of opinion, it's very dangerous for the federal government to become involved in this in, in any way. But the particular way that the government has decided to do this, the mechanism it has chosen, is to use employers as the, uh, as the instruments of its will. And when that employer is a religious employer, Every single alarm bell we know should go off in terms of uh, religious liberty and in terms of the danger of state power. If, if the government wants to do this, uh, you know, it, it would have mechanisms to do it that would be uh, at least free from this uh, uh, onerous complication, which I believe is blatantly unconstitutional. Now, whether it should or not is a different question. But the way that the Biden administration has chosen to uh, promulgate and to apply this rule is a direct subversion of religious liberty uh, of, of a Christian institution. No, I agree with that, and I believe you will win. My question, though, which I anticipate is, does OSHA presently have any authority over any SB 
Southern Baptist Theological Seminary operation. Is there a furnace room where you've got to have OSHA hard hats on? Is there some part of the campus that is subject to the writ of OSHA? You know, I'll defer to uh, Ryan to answer that particularly. But uh, but the fact is, whatever is uh, is right now in place by federal law, we, we comply with, does not uh, constitute an infringement of of, uh, of conscience on an issue in which the church does not have a position. In other words, it is an issue in which these religious liberty issues are not implicated. And this is uh, this is what I want to get to the nut of the problem, Ryan. There are some legitimate exercises of OSHA's power within institutions of that are faith-based. This is not one of them, and we have to understand that that distinction is one with a great deal of difference in it. That's exactly right. The, the ETS power that OSHA is attempting to exercise here is limited to addressing grave dangers in the workplace. And I think it's very difficult to argue that a virus that originated outside the workplace, a virus that is contracted uh, primarily outside the workplace, uh, and that uh, oftentimes is communicated outside the workplace, is a workplace danger. It just doesn't fit within the ETS uh, statute. It doesn't fit within OSHA's statutory powers. And I don't think that the, this is something that Congress ever intended to delegate to OSHA this ability to compel employers to become the agents of the government in administering a nationwide vaccine program. Is there any precedent where OSHA has insisted on a vaccine in the workplace? Uh, there's only one precedent where OSHA required employers to at least make available the hepatitis vaccine. It's certainly not to compel employers to compel their employees to receive a vaccine or engage in onerous and costly testing on pain of massive fines and termination. This is new territory. It is new territory. What's the one precedent, though, Ryan? I want to be complete with people. Certainly, OSHA has required, at least in some cases, employers who have a risk of transmissibility of hepatitis uh, to offer the vaccine. But again, that's very different than saying you have to compel the employees to receive that vaccine. Uh, those I, are I, those apples and oranges. 100% agree with that. So, Dr. Moeller, um, the Fifth Circuit's already ruled in favor of a pause. What do you expect to hear from the Sixth Circuit, and when do you expect to hear it? Well, I hope the court recognizes this as a, a, a direct threat to religious liberty and acts in order to uh, uh, to relieve uh, that violation by means of uh, whatever uh, it may choose as a way of discharging this rule. And by the way, just to make it clear, uh, following up on what Ryan said, we offer the vaccine to our employees on the campus. You see that there is absolutely no precedent for this. It's not going to stand and I believe religious employers ought not to cooperate if it indeed violates their conscience. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com for Town Hall. The late Andrew Breitbart often exhorted his fellow conservatives to remember that politics exists downstream of culture. 
A New York Times analysis of Democrats' disastrous election results last week confirms that point and offers a warning to Republicans as well. The Times warned Democrats that they have lost the rural white vote to Republicans to the extent that their bond to the GOP might rival that of the Democrats' traditional hold on the black vote. Many of the ideas and issues that animate the Democratic base, they warn, can be off-putting in small towns or untethered to rural life. In Virginia and New Jersey, the Times concedes, the radical progressive agenda turned out to be off-putting in suburbs, too, even in previously reliable Democratic bastions like Fairfax and Loudoun. Democrats have learned to sneer at rural and suburban cultures rather than engage and appreciate them. Democrats haven't learned their lesson. The cultural disconnect will create a political tsunami of a red wave in the midterms if it continues. I'm Ed Morrissey. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.